today on The Open Word with Pastor David Landry. Give us ears to hear your truth and eyes to see the needs around us as we draw close to you. May we thirst for the water that your love brings us. Open our hearts, change us from within by the open word. Just blows me away, that heart, that mind of the people. Guys, a healthy church is a church where the body of believers themselves are actively involved in service. And that service might be out front where everybody knows your name, or it might be in the background but where, where no one knows who you are. And yet that work of service that you're doing as unto the Lord is so profitable for the kingdom of God. Physical needs, Yes, for the body of Christ, reaching out into the community, absolutely. All of these works need to be done. All believers have been gifted with talents and abilities to serve the Lord by serving in the body of believers. Yet it's all too easy to sit back and let others do the work instead of faithfully giving your time and abilities. Today, Pastor David will remind you that you are filled and led by the Holy Spirit to serve. He will guide you and He will equip you. Are you willing to let God use you by serving the body? Even if no one knows your name or what you do, God knows. He sees what you do for Him to further His kingdom. Now here's Pastor David in the book of Acts chapter 6 as he continues his message, The Ever-Present Need. How does the world look at that individual? Uh, did they see that individual? Did they see that man as a man full of honesty, full of integrity? Could they be trusted with the resources of the church? All we have to do is go back a chapter to chapter five. You remember the story of Ananias and Sapphira. Is he a guy that you would have wanted to put in charge of the resources of the church? No, because he was lying to God and stealing from the church anyway. So again, they had to be men of good reputation. Anyone who stands before the body of Christ, representing the body of Christ, whether it's in the church or in the outside world, needs to be that kind of an individual where if somebody throws a charge against them, they'll slide right off, just like Teflon, because there's nothing that, that will stick. It's, it's what Peter tells us in 1 Peter chapter 2, where he says, have your conduct honorable among the Gentiles, that when they speak against you as evildoers, that they may actually by your good works, which they observe, glorify God in the day of visitation. Men of good reputation. He says also men full of the Holy Spirit, and that again speaks to us of their spiritual maturity. Are they filled with and are they walking in the fullness of the Holy Spirit? Are they led by the Spirit of God or are they led by the flesh? You don't want to have someone who is simply led by logic or by the world's ways to be placed in the area of responsibility within the body of the church for the believers. It can't be somebody just with the world's logic. An individual might be really good in, in the world of business 
But when it comes to the church's business, he or she needs to be led by the Spirit of God. They might be really savvy to Wall Street and to to Madison Avenue, but if they're not walking in the Holy Spirit, then then none of their worldly wisdom is going to be of any true, of any lasting and eternal benefit to the church. I'm glad for those that are sharp and business-wise, but I would rather have someone who is led by the Spirit than somebody who is just business-wise. Now, if you've got business-wise and led by the Spirit, that's a great combination. Being full or filled with the Holy Spirit is a non-negotiable when it comes to carrying out the ministry of the body of Christ. Oh, and filled with wisdom. One would think that if an individual was filled or full of the Holy Spirit, he'd also be filled with wisdom. But I feel again that the gift of wisdom, a particular spiritual gift of wisdom, being placed on an individual is really what we're looking at here. This wisdom was the ability, it was the readiness to be able to apply the Word of God, the movement of the Spirit, into practical areas of life. What might make sense to us worldly or logically The Spirit of God says, no, I want you to do this over here. And they've got to be men wise enough to understand those things, filled with the Spirit and walking in wisdom. Seven men of good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom. But you know what? Even seven men would not be enough. you got to realize, we're talking thousands and thousands of people. How many needed assistance during that time? How many widows were there of the Hebrews and of the Hellenists? We don't know, but I believe still that seven men were not going to be able to take care of all of those needs. That's why I believe what Luke tells us here is that they were appointed over this business. They would have been the responsible parties. They would have been the managers. They would have been the directors over these things. These seven men placed in the area of responsibility in order that the apostles might once again and more completely give themselves over continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. That was their responsibility. As pastors, can we and are we able to care for all the physical needs within the body? Oh, we could try, but we probably wouldn't do a very good job because simply even at the size that we are, there's just too many things that need to be done. Why couldn't they cut the grass? Oh, they could cut the grass. Well, could they fix that leaky sink over there? Yeah, they could probably work at fixing that leaky. What about changing those light bulbs? Yeah, they could probably. And then pretty soon you realize the pastors, the ones who are responsible for the spiritual care, they become the maintenance men of the facility. That's not what God intended. And this brother, he, he just missed that totally. More important, being unable to care for everything because there's so many things, we would be missing out on those spiritual issues. Missing out on the reality of being in the Word and being prepared to, again, care for those spiritual needs within the body. Beloved, you need to understand, if you don't realize, if you don't know, if you're fairly new here, we are so blessed to have so many within this fellowship that care about this body. They care about God's kingdom work about what's being done and what's being done in and through this church. Now, I'm not going to name any names because I would simply forget someone and then somebody get their feelings hurt. But the fact is, is we have folks within our fellowship. Yes, some of them are paid. They're paid part-time. Some, but 
the vast majority of them are volunteers. They volunteer throughout the weeks, throughout the month, some for a couple of hours, some for many hours, again, that allow this work of ministry to continue on and not rest on what happened last year, but continue to press forward on what God wants us to be doing now and in the future. Yes, we actually do have a brother here who has said, I will cut the grass out there on a weekly basis, and I praise God for it. We have individual that will come out and sweep and hose off the parking lot. Now, we just had some storms this week, so give them a break. It's a little bit of a mess right now. But we actually have somebody that says, hey, I'll do that because I want the parking lot to look nice when people drive in. We have those that will come and they'll trim our trees. We have some within the fellowship here that on a regular basis go and visit the homebound. We have those that on a weekly basis go and minister at the convalescent home. We have those that unpaid, they're volunteers, and they go and they work with our teens. We have some that join together, and every Sunday afternoon they go out and help feed the homeless. We have those that care for and organize the nursery to make sure that there's somebody that's qualified in there caring for your babies. We have those that teach our Sunday school classes, and we have a multiple of kids and two services on Sunday morning, and so keeping that, we have someone that actually organizes that as a volunteer to, again, direct these volunteers as they teach Sunday school. We have some that volunteer to pray and to counsel with people after the service. We have those that volunteer to serve as ushers and greeters. We have those, yes, that repair and maintain the buildings. I don't know if you've noticed or not, but there's new lights all throughout the fellowship. Why? Because some of our men took it upon themselves to say, hey, we'll do that, pastor, and how blessed we are for that. We have those that will come and assist in the area of the worship ministries. We have those that volunteer on a regular basis to run the soundboard and to help out in the slides so that you know the words that we're singing. We have those that are planning vacation Bible school. Acknowledge and honor those who allow us as pastors to be able to do the work of the ministry that we are called to do because they're serving the body in a multitude of areas. It allows us to acknowledge and to honor those who willingly, who, who faithfully serve the Lord Jesus Christ by serving this body. Those who faithfully give of their time and their talents to serve the body of believers uh, how many do we have normally around here? And as we started looking at Sunday school and vacation Bible school and the office stuff and Bible studies and the building and, and all the different things that are going on, the outreaches that we do for the homeless, for the convalescent home, uh, ministries that are going on throughout the week or on a monthly basis, uh, my guesstimate was is that we probably, within our fellowship, we probably got about 50 or 60 that on a regular basis are volunteering in some way, form, or fashion. And beloved, that blesses me. I got to tell you, for me as a pastor, that just blesses me to no end because it allows me to be able to do the work that God has called me to do. Now, many of you guys know me, and you know sometimes I'll, I'll get more involved in stuff than I need to get involved in just because I'm kind of a hands-on kind of a guy. But it also blesses me when people come up and say, hey, pastor, we got that. We got that. For the apostles, 
They chose seven men of good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom, whom they could appoint over that business. It wasn't just seven guys that were doing it. There was a multitude, I believe, that was doing it. But these seven guys, in the time we've got left, let's look at this real quick. Look still in Acts 6. Look down in verse 5. In verse 5, it says, They chose Stephen, a man full of faith in the Holy Spirit, and Philip, and Procurus, and Nicanor, and Timon, and Parmenius, and Nicholas. Nicholas, by the way, was a proselyte. He was from Antioch. He was a Gentile who became a, a Jew and then became a Christian. And whom they set before the apostles. And when they prayed... They laid hands on them. Now, some have pointed out uh, as they looked at these names and said that, wow, with these names, most of those names are are Greek names. Uh, It's probably all seven of these guys were Hellenists to make sure that the Hellenist widows were cared for. But the fact is, is actually during that time, even Jews had two names. They would have a Greek name and a Jewish name. All you have to do is look at the Apostle Paul. Paul was his Greek name. Saul was his Hebrew name. And if you know anything about the Apostle Paul, he was not a Hellenist. He was a Jew of the Jews, Pharisee of the Pharisees. And yet he had both names. So we really can't say that they just picked Hellenists to take care of this problem. As these men went out, they they went out to work, to organize, to care for the physical needs of the church. And again, as I said, they, they were over that situation. They brought others to assist them undoubtedly in doing that. And so how did they get these others to do that? I believe it's in the same way as in the book of Nehemiah. Nehemiah says that the people had a mind to work. And I look at the servants that are serving here and it is because they have a mind to work. They have a mind to serve the Lord by serving his bride, the church here. What I see in this body, in this body of believers here, those serving in in a wide variety of ministries, serving the Lord by giving of their time, their talents, and sometimes even their treasures. I'm not saying this to tell you to do this. I'm just saying this because I see this happen. People volunteering to do a job, and they have to go get material for that job. They come and they bring their receipt in, and we're more than welcome to, again, reimburse them for the receipts. But every once in a while, those that are able, they just said, no, just count it as a donation. And that even blows me away. You're paying in order that you might volunteer to come and do this job. Again, just blows me away, that heart, that mind of the people. Guys, a healthy church is a church where the body of believers themselves are actively involved in service. And that service might be out front where everybody knows your name, or it might be in the background but where, where no one knows who you are. And yet that work of service that you're doing as unto the Lord is so profitable for the kingdom of God. Physical needs, yes, for the body of Christ. Reaching out into the community, absolutely. All of these works need to be done. And as they're being done by the body of believers, even as it did for the New Testament, for the apostles, it freed them up to devote themselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. And because they had the opportunity, because the apostles had the opportunity to continually seek the Lord and the ministry of the word, God continually 
added to the church. Look what it says in verse 7. The word of God spread, and the number of disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem, and a great many, even of the priests, were obedient to the faith. Guys, Paul, the Apostle Paul, tells us that there's a variety of gifts and calling within the body of believers. Differing gifts according to the measure of the grace that's been given to us. He speaks about that in Romans chapter 12 and 1 Corinthians chapter 12. He says that we're, we're each a part of the body of Christ and each part adds to that body. And he says if, if all were eyes, where would the hearing be? If we all had the same gifts, it just wouldn't work out. But there's a variety of gifts. There's a variety of abilities within the body of Christ, but yet we work together as one body. Even here, yes, there's a variety of services that are needed, places to be filled, we, but we don't want to just plug a hole. We want men and women and young people who are filled and led by the Spirit of God that are willing to give themselves, yes, to minister to our children in Sunday school or midweek, to serve those that are homebound or those that are homeless. Yeah, to assist in sweeping and hosing off the parking lot when it's needed. Yeah, maybe to trim the trees, to care for the the physical needs of our, our landscaping around here. It doesn't seem too spiritual, but I tell you what, it makes a difference, not only for this body, but also for those that come and visit. What about those that are, again, hospitalized? Some that will go and minister and pray and encourage those. Those that will go to the convalescent home and maybe stand beside someone and just hold the hand of somebody that maybe they can't even talk anymore. And maybe it seems that their mind is totally elsewhere, but they know and they experience the touch of someone who is willing to just love them in Jesus' name. Yeah, we need those that will serve in the nursery. We need those that will serve in vacation Bible school. We need those that are available to pray and to counsel with people. We need faithful ushers and greeters on a regular basis every time we open these church doors to have an usher or a greeter regardless of what the the service might be. We need those that will come alongside Jake and assist in the worship ministries. But beloved, above all else, you need to be using your talents and your abilities for the glory of God as you serve the Lord Jesus Christ, even by serving his body. And you might think that, well, I can't do very much. I'm not very gifted. I'm not very talented. And you might think that your service to the Lord and to this body might be so minuscule, it's of absolutely no value. Well, let me share with you something Let me ask you something. How many of you know the name of your garbage collector? How many of you know the name of your garbage collector? No one. I was surprised in a group of about 200, actually three at the conference did. I I wanted to go down and talk. How do you know the name of your garbage collector? But the fact is, is we just don't. He comes or she comes, they, they do their job and boom. But you know what? We may not know their name. Let me tell you something, we are so glad that they are there, amen? It was in New York City, February 1968. 
the sanitation workers had been in negotiations for a new contract. As a matter of fact, for three months, they had been working without a contract, and they were wanting to get a pay raise. And in fact, as a matter is, is they wanted to get $400 a year more than the $8,000 a year that they made, okay? But for three months now, they had worked without a contract. And finally, as the negotiations came, Mayor John Lindsay finally said, okay, we'll give you $400 increase for your pay. But by that time, the union leaders had gotten so upset, they said, no, we don't want $400, we want $600. And if we don't get it, we're going to go on strike. So on February 2nd, 1968, the sanitation workers in New York City went on strike. Can't imagine a more pleasant thing. You can just imagine a city as big as New York City, how quickly the piles of trash gathered. Some of you are old enough, maybe you remember the news reports about that. But just three days later, the New York Times wrote that the city looked like a vast slum as mounds of refuse grew higher and strong winds whirled the filth throughout the streets. By that point, three days later, it was estimated that there were 30,000 tons of trash that littered the streets of New York City. Now, if you do the math and you figure the poundage of a ton and then multiply that by 30,000, that's a lot of trash. As, as a matter of fact, one writer on the Lower East Side wrote, he says, garbage was piled chest high. Eggshells, coffee grounds, milk cartons, orange rinds, empty beer cans littered the sidewalk. Well, the, the strike finally ended 10 days later on February 12th, and they estimated that by the time the strike ended, there was over 100,000 tons of trash throughout the city of New York. Congregation may not know your name, but God knows your name. We may not see, just on a, on a normal working of business, your input and the importance of your ministry to the body of Christ. But beloved, when things aren't done and they're not done right, it begins to pile up pretty quick. Do you want to be a part of what God is doing People say, how do I become a member at, at your church? And they say, well, we don't have an official membership. We usually tell people if you're here you know, for uh, three months, we want you to be here. We want you to know us. We want to get to know you. Just fill out a ministry app. We'll put you to work. If you want to serve the Lord by serving the body here, we'll find a place. Because there's many areas where you can serve. But do you want to be a part? You see, do you have a mind to serve? You have a mind to be about what God is doing here in this place. God has a way and a place for you to be a part. But the first thing you need to know is do you know him? You need to know him. To be here and, and to not know Jesus, to not be in love with Jesus, to not have your heart and your, your, your soul directed and cared for him, then no, we don't want to just plug a spot. That's not good for you. It's not good for the body of Christ. But if you want to see the Holy Spirit work in your life, and if you want to see the work of God increase within this body of believers, first of all, you need to know Him. 
You need to have given your heart and life to Him. You need to know His forgiveness, His grace, and His mercy. We're so glad you could be with us today as we opened God's Word and dove into the goodness and truth the Bible contains. If you've missed any part of today's message in Acts, we encourage you to refer to our website, calvarycg.org. Once there, you can browse our library of audio as well as learn more about the ministry of the Open Word. We'd love to hear from you about how God's working in your life. Please give us a call at 520-836-9676. When you call, please let us know how we can be praying for you. Again, that's 520-836-9676. If you prefer accessing information through social media, visit our Facebook page and keep up to date with all that's happening at The Open Word. Just go to theopenword.com. You'll be directed right to our page. You'll be able to explore more of Pastor David's audio there as well. As our time comes to a close today, Pastor David has a quick word of encouragement to share with you. Hey, thanks, Chris. Any time you spend in God's Word is valuable, and I'd like to encourage you to do it as often as possible. By diving deeper into the Scripture and letting it saturate your heart and mind, you'll be ready to take on your day as well as be prepared when the enemy attacks. If you're not sure where to start, you can begin by reading today's passage again. Or simply let your Bible fall open. If your heart is open to the Holy Spirit's direction, you can't go wrong. Hey, thanks for tuning in today. And I hope you'll join me again next time on The Open Word. Make a small-